Chapter 3, verses 15 through 20. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 1, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 15 through 17. And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. Origin. It was meet that more deference should be paid to John than to other men, for he lived such as no other man. Wherefore, indeed, most rightly did they regard him with affection, only they kept not within due bounds. Hence it is said, but while the people were expecting whether he were the Christ. Ambrose. Now what could be more absurd than that he who was fancied to be in another should not be believed in his own person? He whom they thought to have come by a woman is not believed to have come by a virgin, while in fact the sign of the divine coming was placed in the childbearing of a virgin, not of a woman. Origin. But love is dangerous when it is uncontrolled, for he who loves anyone ought to consider the nature and causes of loving, and not to love more than the object deserves. For if he passes the due measure and bounds of love, both he who loves and he who is loved will be in sin. Greek Expositor. And hence John gloried not in the estimation in which all held him, nor in any way seemed to desire the deference of others, but embraced the lowest humility. Hence it follows, John answered, Bede. But how could he answer them who in secret thought that he was the Christ, except it was that they not only thought, but also, as another evangelist declares, sending priests and Levites to him, asked him whether he was the Christ or not. Ambrose. Or John saw into the secrets of the heart. But let us remember by whose grace, for it is the gift of God to reveal things to man, not of the virtue of man, which is assisted by the divine blessing, rather than capable of perceiving by any natural power of its own. But quickly answering them, he proved that he was not the Christ, for his works were by visible operations. For as man is composed of two natures, i.e. soul and body, the visible mystery is made holy by the visible, the invisible by the invisible. For by water the body is washed, by the spirit the soul is cleansed of its stains. It is permitted to us also in the very water to have the sanctifying influence of the deity breathed upon us. And therefore there was one baptism of repentance, another of grace. The latter was by both water and spirit, the former by one only. The work of man is to bring forth repentance for his sin. It is the gift of God to pour in the grace of his mystery. Devoid, therefore, of all envy of Christ's greatness, he declared not by word, but by work, that he was not the Christ. Hence it follows, There cometh after me one mightier than I. In those words, mightier than I, he makes no comparison, for there can be none between the Son of God and man.
but because there are many mighty, no one is mightier but Christ. So far indeed was he from making comparison, that he adds, whose shoes latch it I am not worthy to unloose. Augustine, Matthew says, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. If therefore it is worthwhile to understand any difference in these expressions, we can only suppose that John said one at one time, another at another, or both together, to bear his shoes and to loose the latchet of his shoes, so that though one evangelist may have related this, the others that, yet all have related the truth. But if John intended no more when he spoke of the shoes of our Lord, but his excellence and his own humility, whether he said, loosing the latchet of the shoes or bearing them, they have still kept the same sense, who by the mention of shoes have in their own words expressed the same signification of humility. Ambrose, by the words whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, he shows that the grace of preaching the gospel was conferred upon the apostles, who were shod for the gospel. He seems, however, to say it, because John frequently represented the Jewish people. Gregory, but John denounced himself as unworthy to loose the latchet of Christ's shoes, as if he openly said, I am not able to disclose the footsteps of my Redeemer, who do not presume unworthily to take unto myself the name of bridegroom. For it was an ancient custom that when a man refused to take a wife, her whom he ought, whoever should come to her betrothed by right of kin was to lose his shoe. Or because shoes are made from the skins of dead animals, our Lord being made flesh appeared as it were with shoes, as taking upon himself the carcass of our corruption. The latchet of the shoe is the connection of the mystery. John therefore cannot loose the latchet of the shoe, because neither is he able to fathom the mystery of the Incarnation, though he acknowledged it by the spirit of prophecy. Chrysostom, and having said that his own baptism was only with water, he next shows the excellence of that baptism which was brought by Christ, adding, He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, signifying by the very metaphor which he uses the abundance of grace. For he says not, He shall give you the Holy Spirit, but he shall baptize you. And again, by the addition of fire, he shows the power of grace. And as Christ calls the grace of the Spirit water, meaning by water the purity resulting from it, and the abundant consolation which is brought to minds which are capable of receiving him, so also John, by the word fire, expresses the fervor and uprightness of grace, as well as the consuming of sins. Bede. The Holy Spirit also may be understood by the word fire, for he kindles with love and enlightens with wisdom the hearts which he fills. Hence also the apostles receive the baptism of the Spirit in the appearance of fire. There are some who explain it, that now we are baptized with the Spirit. Hereafter we shall be with fire, that as in truth we are now born again to the remission of our sins by water and the Spirit, so then we shall be cleansed from certain lighter sins by the baptism of purifying fire. Origen, and as John was waiting by the river Jordan for those who came to his baptism, and some he drove away, saying, Generation of vipers, 
but those who confess their sins he received. So shall the Lord Jesus stand in the fiery stream with the flaming sword, that whoever after the close of this life desires to pass over to paradise and needs purification, he may baptize him with this laver and pass him over to paradise. But whoso has not the seal of the former baptisms, him he shall not baptize with the laver of fire. Basil. But because he says he shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit, that no one admits that baptism is to be valid, in which the name of the Holy Spirit only has been invoked. For we must ever keep undiminished that tradition which has been sealed to us in quickening grace. To add or take away aught thereof excludes from eternal life. Greek Expositor By these words, then, he shall baptize with the Holy Spirit. He signifies the abundance of his grace, the plenteousness of his mercy. But lest any should suppose that while to bestow abundantly is both in the power and will of the Creator, he will have no occasion to punish the disobedient. He adds, whose fan is in his hand, showing that he is not only the rewarder of the righteous, but the avenger of them that speak lies. But the fan expresses the promptitude of his judgment, for not with the process of passing sentence on trial, but in an instant and without any interval he separates those that are to be condemned from the company of those that are to be saved. Cyril, by the following words, and he shall thoroughly purge his floor, the Baptist signifies that the church belongs to Christ as her Lord. Bede, for by the floor is represented the present church, in which many are called but few are chosen, the purging of which floor is even now carried on individually, when every perverse offender is either cast out of the church for his open sins by the hands of the priesthood, or for his secret sins is after death condemned by divine judgment. And at the end of the world it will be accomplished universally, when the Son of Man shall send his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom everything that has offended. Ambrose, by the sign of a fan, then, the Lord is declared to possess the power of discerning merits, since when the corn is windowed in the threshing floor, the full ears are separated from the empty, by the trial of the wind blowing them. Hence it follows, and he shall gather the wheat into his barn. By this comparison, the Lord shows that on the day of judgment, he will discern the solid merits and fruits of virtue from the unfruitful lightness of empty and vain boasting and deeds, about to place the men of more perfect righteousness in his heavenly mansion, for that is indeed the more perfect fruit which was thought worthy to be like him who fell as a grain of wheat, that he might bring forth fruit in abundance. Cyril, but the chafe signifies the trifling and empty, blown about and liable to be carried away by every blast of sin. Basil, but they are mixed up with those who are worthy of the kingdom of heaven, as the chafe with the wheat. This is not, however, from consideration of their love of God and their neighbor, nor from their spiritual gifts or temporal blessings. Origin. Or because without the wind, the wheat and chafe cannot be separated. Therefore, he has the fan in his hand, which shows some to be chafe, some wheat. For when you were as the light chafe, i.e. unbelieving, temptation showed you to be what you knew not. 
but when you shall bravely endure temptation, the temptation will not make you faithful and enduring, but it will bring to light the virtue which was hid in you. Gregory of Nisa. But it is well to know that the treasures which according to the promises are laid up for those who live honestly are such as the words of man cannot express. As eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, nor hath entered into the heart of man to conceive. And the punishments which await sinners bear no proportion to any of those things which now affect the senses. And although some of those punishments are called by our names, yet their difference is very great. For when you hear a fire, you are taught to understand something else from the expression which follows, that it is not quenched, beyond what comes into the idea of other fire. Gregory, the fire of hell is here wonderfully expressed, for our earthly fire is kept up by heaping wood upon it, and cannot live unless supplied with fuel. But on the contrary, the fire of hell, though a bodily fire, and burning bodily, the wicked who are put into it, is not kept up by wood, but once made remains unquenchable. Verses 18 through 20, and many other things in his exhortation preached he unto the people. But Herod the Tetrarch, being reproved by him for Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, added yet this above all, that he shut up John in prison. Origen, John having announced the coming of Christ, was preaching the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the other things which the gospel history has handed down to us. But besides these, he is declared to have announced others in the following words, and many other things in his exhortation preached he unto the people. Theophylact, for his exhortation was the telling of good things, and therefore is fitly called the gospel. Origen, and as in the gospel according to St. John, it is related of Christ that he spoke many other things. So also in this place we must understand Luke to say the same of John the Baptist, since certain things are announced by John too great to be entrusted to writing. But we marvel at John, because among them that are born of women there was not a greater than he, for by his good deeds he had been exalted so high of fame for virtue that by many he was supposed to be Christ. But what is much more marvelous, he feared not Herod, nor dreaded death, as it follows, but Herod the Tetrarch being reproved by him. Eusebius. He is called the Tetrarch to distinguish him from the other Herod in whose reign Christ was born, and who was king, but this Herod was Tetrarch. Now his wife was the daughter of Arteus, king of Arabia, but he had sacrilegiously married his brother Philip's wife, though she had offspring by his brother. For those only were allowed to do this, whose brothers died without issue. For this the Baptist had censured Herod. First, indeed, he heard him attentively, for he knew that his words were weighty and full of consolation. But the desire of Herodias compelled him to despise the words of John, and he then thrust him into prison, and so it follows, and he added this above all, that he shut up John in prison. Bede. But John was not imprisoned in those days. According to St. John's Gospel, it was not till after some miracles had been performed by our Lord, and after his baptism had been noised abroad. But according to Luke, he had been seized beforehand, 
by the redoubled malice of Herod, who, when he saw so many flocked to the preaching of John, and the soldiers believing, the publicans repenting, and whole multitudes receiving baptism, on the contrary, not only despised John, but having put him in prison, slew him. Gloss. For before that Luke relates of any of the acts of Jesus, he says that John was taken by Herod, to show that he alone was, in an especial manner, going to describe those of our Lord's acts, which were performed since the year in which John was taken or put to death. End of chapter 3, verses 15 through 20.